Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one illuminating page of Talmud each day. How strange is today's page, Gitin 42? I'll let you figure it out for yourself. Here, have a listen. Come and hear a proof with regard to this issue, says the Talmud. When a Canaanite slave is killed by an ox, in addition to the ox being put to death, the owner of the ox pays a fixed penalty of 30 shekels to the slave's owner. If a free man is killed by an ox, in addition to the ox being put to death, the free man's value is paid to his heirs. If an ox killed a half-slave, half-free man, then the owner of the ox gives half of a penalty, i.e. 15 shekels, to his master, and half of a ransom, i.e. half of the value of the deceased, to his heirs. According to what was stated earlier, why is this the halacha, the Jewish law? So too, in this case, let us say, if the ox killed him on the day of his master, then the full penalty of 30 shekels is paid to his master. But if it killed him on his own day, meaning the day when he was free and not a slave, then the full ransom is paid to the slave himself, i.e. to his heirs. The Gemara answers this is different, for the principle is consumed. Since the slave is dead, even if the goring occurred on a day that he was working for himself, there is a permanent loss to the master, who is therefore entitled to be paid half of a penalty. I'm sorry, but what? I I get that the Talmud is, to use a highly technical term, an old-timey book, and as such, deals with a world in which slavery, alas, still existed. So okay, people can be sold into slavery or even sell themselves into slavery. But what, pray tell, is a half-slave? Well, explains the Talmud, it's a strange case in which someone agrees to sell himself to servitude, but only on certain days. So I go to my boss and say, look, I'm yours Mondays and Wednesdays, but Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays, those are mine. It's easy to dismiss this very weird discussion as just another one of those Talmudic intellectual tightrope walking what-ifs designed to sharpen our theoretical thinking, but bearing very little relation to reality. But the idea of the half-slave is actually deeply profound, and it has resonance for each and every single one of us today. Why? For two reasons. First, it teaches us a lesson about the dangers of either-or thinking. Only machines, children, or zealots think in binaries. Even when it comes to something as seemingly definite as servitude, the Talmud teaches us, there are still shades and gradations and layers and complications. We're not either slaves or we're free. We can be both. And in fact, we often are both. To take this idea metaphorically for a minute, everyone around us, I think, who has ever, say, had to rush a sick child to a doctor's appointment while juggling a work call, has probably felt that sinking liminal feeling. Sure, I chose my career out of my own free will, and I'm fortunate to have gainful employment, and I'm nothing like an indentured servant, and yet here I am at this doctor's office looking at my sobbing toddler and wanting nothing more than to hang up the phone, put everything away, and hug her. But there's this marketing call I can't miss and a team catch-up that was scheduled weeks ago and an email that just needs to be answered right away. With that in mind, feeling only half free isn't a bad bit of imagery. And there's a second, even bigger lesson here. It's this. If we are all, in some way, half slaves and half free, it's because we absolutely must remember that one side of our being when we're experiencing the other side. When we're free, let's remember, as we do, for example, whenever we 
recall the Exodus, that we hail from slaves and that none of us are, as of yet, truly free and that all of us must work hard to free ourselves and others who need it more desperately from the yokes of oppression here and abroad. And when we're slaves, let's remember that we're born free and refuse to sink into the depths of despair and refuse to accept the things we have the power to change. May we all be able to keep both of these ideas in our minds at the same time. And may we move forever towards freedom. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.